0: Welcome to the Taiwanese Diaspora Podcast, where we use personal storytelling to connect people of Taiwanese heritage from all around the world. I am Cynthia, and I'm excited to use this podcast platform as a way to explore what it means to be Taiwanese X. This is episode 17. It is in English, and we're interviewing Thomas today. He is a music education major at the University of Maryland. Um, we'll hear about college life, and we'll hear a couple pieces that he'll play on guitar and euphonium for us.
1: Yeah. It's cold today. Yeah. I did not think it was going to snow. Was I didn't look snowing. at Yeah, <laughs> I didn't look at the weather at all. And I like woke up and then looked outside I was like, "Oh my gosh." My name is Thomas Lin, my Chinese name is Lin Zhe Ming, which means basically forest wise man, <laughs> which I find really funny. I went to school in Montgomery County at Wooten High School. Um, I'm a music major at University of Maryland. I'm a sophomore, and I actually doubled with public policy before, but I'm planning on dropping it because it just got too busy. Fun fact about music education, you need to take 140 credits instead of the regular 120 for other majors, which keeps you really, really busy in your earlier years, and then your senior and junior year, you're actually, no, just senior year, you're expected to go out student teaching in a high school or a middle school. And it counts for 12 credits, but you probably won't be taking any other classes. So that's all you do senior year for one semester. So that's why they keep you so busy with like 19 or 20 or 21 credits during um, freshman and sophomore year. Do you have to specialize on a specific instrument? Yeah, so how that works is you audition in on a single instrument, and you're going to major, in quotations, that instrument because you need to have um, like a venue for higher performance still to understand the concepts that they require you to know. I play euphonium which is a pretty arbitrary instrument. It looks like a mini tuba and has the same range as a trombone, but I think it sounds a lot better. Euphonium in Greek literally means to sound good. And it kind of sounds like euphoria, but it actually doesn't stem from that. It's a common misconception. Um, It has the same range as a trombone, like I said earlier, and it's a lot deeper and fuller. So the first piece I'm playing is called Sicilian, and it's a dance piece. Sicilian is a dance, and this one's written by Gabrielle Fauré, and it's edited by Keith Brown because originally it's meant for cello and piano. Instead, we're going to be playing it on euphonium by myself. (laughs)
2: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: piece's difficulties is that it goes from a really high range on the instrument to uh, the normal range but on the lower side of it so a lot of the times I would struggle adjusting my lips from the higher range to the lower range because you have to tighten your lips to make a higher pitch and to relax it sometimes it's difficult
0: let's talk about the college application process
1: so the application process for a music school there's usually separate applications from the general application for whatever school you want to to apply to let's say like just my school umd for example i had to apply through coalition for the general app and then you have to search up separately the music application and it would usually be on their website and I actually didn't really plan to apply like I dipped my feet into it I filled out a couple of the forms but then I kind of turned my head around and said yeah I don't think this is what I want to do but um, a week later my band director came up to me all up in my face like Thomas you got to apply for UMD uh, music school and I was like well okay I guess so I already started it, but turns out I went online that day to check and the deadline had already passed and I didn't know what to do. So I was just like, you know what, that's fine. I didn't really think of it as an option anyway. But then later that week they sent an email out saying because I already started applying that I could finish the application and it'll be just counted like a regular one. So I finished it up and got the audition and did the whole process. They actually have for music education majors at Maryland that you have to do a teaching demonstration to show that you actually can teach. So what I ended up teaching was a thing called Chinese yo-yo. Some people might know it as Diablo. And I remember being sent off to a Chinese school completely different than the one that I normally went to because my mom thought, you know what, you guys should get to know your culture, me and my sister. And she put me in this Chinese yo-yo class and I legit cried because I didn't want to go. And then she told us, you have to try it at least three times before you quit. So after the first day, after all the crying was done, I actually learned a lot and I found that I had an affinity for it, and sometimes I just, like, practiced alone in my house, and it was really fun to me. So Chinese do has been a really long-time hobby for me, and it's followed me throughout um, high school and now college. I actually perform for the Asian-American community in UMD, and it's really fun. I didn't think it would follow me for this long. Anyway, back to my... Uh, music education audition, I taught three other people in the room to pick up and spin the yo-yo without it dropping, and some people even got to throwing the yo-yo up, so I was, that was definitely a really proud moment for me, because I thought Chinese yo-yo was like a harder skill for people to learn, maybe not, it just seems difficult, so you know, <laughs> that just adds to the impressiveness of what my how my audition went, I guess. Because two weeks later, they emailed saying that, hey, we have money to give you, you know, scholarship. And it turns out it was a full tuition scholarship sponsored by the music school. And I was like, holy moly, let me take that, please, yes. Because <laughs> you
0: also got into
1: Peabody. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, I had also auditioned for Peabody from Johns Hopkins it's the conservatory there, and also Rutgers in New Jersey. Their school of the arts is Mason Gross, I think. Anyway, I got into both of them, and they, they also gave me money, but it was not much. So I did end up choosing UMD because, you know, it's nice not paying. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. And what are the requirements on scholarships? Do you have to participate in specific or
1: programs at school? Well, first, I have to be a music major, of course. Second is I just have to maintain a GPA above 3.0, which for a music major is pretty easy. Just show up to classes. If you skip classes, you actually, attendance is a huge part of your grade because as a future music educator, you're required to show up every day, and there's no excuses. So it's very much the same way how they built the music education program and their courses.
0: And do you have
1: to participate in like one ensemble or orchestra? Yeah, so participating in ensembles, yeah, you have to participate in one ensemble every single semester. I'm not sure if this applies to the senior semester where you're student teaching, but most likely, yes. Uh, And private lessons, of course, you'll have a professor who has his studio or if you're playing an arbitrary instrument like me, you'll have someone who's basically a commission worker. (laughs) His name's Steve Kellner, he's a great guy. Um, He actually also teaches at Peabody, which is another reason I chose UMD. Why go to Peabody for the same professor, right? Yeah, so you're required lessons and ensembles and just all the major courses. That's just part of the major, though. If you're in music education, that's just something you have to do. It's not like part of the scholarship. That you, because you're in the scholarship, you need to do an extra program. Yeah, no. They just give you the money if your GPA is above a 3.0 and a music major.
0: What did you pick, Euphonium, going just way back?
1: That. Uh, so I started off on clarinet, actually, in elementary school because I saw Squidward playing the clarinet, and you know, Squidward's the cool one, right? was that? Squidward in SpongeBob. Okay. He's a character in SpongeBob, and <laughs> so that's why I picked clarinet at first, but then I realized, wait, this instrument's actually really hard, and there's kids already playing the chromatic scale, like, flawlessly, and chromatic scale on the clarinet is really hard to play really fast, because there's so many different button combinations, and I, I mean, little sixth grade me couldn't remember all of them, (laughs) so I picked up Trumpet, because I figured, you know what, less buttons, less difficult, (laughs) that's not at all true, because Trumpet, their embouchures, their mouthpieces are so small, I'd say around, like, maybe two centimeters wide, maybe not even, and you ha you just have to get really strong lip muscles to be able to play higher, and I couldn't do that because I just didn't have the motivation to practice so again, a lot of kids were better than it better at it than me, so I was like, mm, let's try a different instrument, find something I'm like naturally good at so the opportunity arose when my band director Kenneth crone he said he was asking for. If anyone wanted to switch to euphonium, and I had no idea what a euphonium was. Is this middle school or high school? Middle school. And so I was like, yeah, you said it was similar to trumpet in that the button combinations were all the same. So you know what? I'll give it a shot. So that's when I made the switch. I used the school's euphonium. At that time, I knew it as baritone because uh, there's actually a difference between baritone and euphonium that I'll explain later. But I sw- I made the switch, and I enjoyed it a lot because, first of all, Mr. Chrome was very encouraging, and he said I sounded really good. And it was just, I, I guess I found the thing that I was naturally good at, which was really nice. <laughs> just being good at something. So the difference between a baritone and a euphonium is that a baritone typically has three buttons. I don't think... A baritone would have four, actually. But the main difference is that in the conical shape of the horn, so a euphonium branches out or expands its conic shape a lot sooner than a baritone would. So imagine a baritone being a pipe with uh, a toilet plunger sticking out, whereas a euphonium would be more of a... This is hard to explain. It's a more gradual increase to the horn.
0: You say this is something that you're naturally good at, but your mom was telling me you just had a, this affinity for music and sounds when you were a baby.
1: Oh, well, I actually don't really have any idea about that. It's just... She, she told you that I was like banging on pots and pans as a kid, but I'm pretty sure every kid has done that because it's just fun making noise. I oh, don't know. Maybe it was something to do with the baby Mozart that she always played for us. <laughs> you know, I I'm not really sure if I have like a natural gift for music, but I just like it.
0: And you play some other instruments as well, right?
1: Um. Yeah. So I eventually got a little better at trumpet. I'm still working on it. Uh, I play a bit of piano. I can. I remember exactly one song from like fourth and fifth grade. <laughs> and that's like the only song that I took away from those years of playing. Uh, I also play guitar and I sing as well, or try to. <laughs> and it's, it, I think guitar and singing is more of a leisure thing for me. I don't really perform it. Yeah, those are the instruments I play. But as a music education major, we're required to learn all the instruments because eventually we have to teach all of them. So this semester alone, I was enrolled in a woodwind course and a strings course. So strings, you actually have to do two semesters because it's more complicated. So in strings, I learned violin and viola. In woodwind, I learned, uh, relearned clarinet and then flute, saxophone, oboe, bassoon. It was a lot of fun. I'm surprised they had enough instruments for everyone. It was a fairly large class, maybe like 25 people. So getting 25 saxophones into a room, that's just kind of crazy. Plus, it's really loud. Saxophones are loud. (laughs) It's very hard to play quiet when you first start. So that's why the saxophones are always out of tune or always being the annoying ones in band. It's not It's not. It's not their fault. It's just that their instrument sucks. It's
0: funny because I grew up playing saxophone. Uh, what has been the most fun about college? Can you talk a little bit about the different organizations you're a part of?
1: There's just so much to do at college. So I got myself involved in TASA real quick because I had college friends before who were involved. And they, TASA is the Taiwanese American Student Association. And it's basically a group that um, promotes Taiwanese culture and does a bunch of fun activities together. There's a lot of jokes about it being like a a frat or sorority because it's just like a group of people doing fun things together. It's not really like very too culture oriented, but it's just a place for people to gather and be like, oh, I can be a part of something. It's really cool that way. I also go around to like other Asian org student association events, like Korean student association, um, Vietnamese, uh, Japanese. All, just it's it's fun seeing all the different cultures.
0: Is it like food oriented, drinking oriented? It's
1: fashion shows. More, it's more like events oriented. So like each organization would organize events for everyone to go to and it's open to anyone like if you're interested you just go we just put out events for people to go to and have fun at so the most recent one TASA did is tour of Taiwan which is basically a culture slash performance event and of course there's food involved or else no one would come uh and so basically, it it was like little stands spread out in a room, and each stand would have a Taiwanese city on it, and we, um, explained to visitors like, um, what there is to do in that city, what that city's known for, how it was how it was built, or like the culture in that city, and it's it was pretty informative, and most people came for the food and leave with a little bit of knowledge about what Taiwan is. That's
0: awesome. Which which one, What city did you have?
1: I actually was one of the culture chairs for the event, meaning I helped make Taichung and Tainan. So we have trifolds full of information, so that's what I helped make. And I also designed the activities for each station. So like one station, oh, I feel bad for not remembering which one it was, but I think it was Tainan. Whichever Taiwanese city has the rainbow village, Rainbow Village is a very recent thing. Do you know about no, it? No, tell me about Yeah, that. so in 2010, they were about to knock down a town to build a city, the Tony's government was, and there was this guy, I forgot his name, but he did not want that to happen because his life was crazy. He was a soldier during the wars, and he got sent off to the mainland, and then he got captured. Eventually, he escaped somehow, or no, he was stranded. He got stuck there somehow, and then eventually he got to Hong Kong and then um, rejoined with a troop and then got back to Taiwan and settled down in Tainan, and he just did not want to go anywhere anymore, I guess, because when he heard about the news, he was like, I have to do something to save this town because I just want to, and I live here, I don't want to leave, so he started painting his houses in, like, effort to draw attention and it worked. Like, the college students around that town helped him paint the rest of the houses, and now there's just, like, a really cool, colorful area t- um, and town where y- people go to visit and take, like, Instagram pictures. Oh, that's
0: cool. Cause yeah. Because a lot of the Taiwanese houses are just very... They're just blocks of concrete.
1: Yeah. And a lot of tourists go there, so the government's like, yeah, we can't... I mean, part of our country is, like, tourism, so we can't really... We can't really knock it down now, so it worked. Nice. And Civil uh, so for Tour of Taiwan, we also have performances from like. Um, there's a K-pop dance group at our school called GGWB. I'm actually wearing the hoodie right yeah, now. Yeah, Yeah, it's a it's a dance group that covers K-pop dances mostly, and they perform at a lot of Asian org um, events.
0: Say what GGWB stands
1: for. G Girls and Wasabi Boys. I. I don't know how that came to be, so <laughs> I'm not I'm not really one to explain it, but I got close with the e-board, and they gave me this hoodie, so it's cool, and I also performed Chinese yo-yo at uh, a tour of Taiwan, so it was really fun. That's awesome. I went to a Taiwanese yo-yo, um, maybe your mom told me about it,
0: last time I was home, from like a
1: tour from Taiwan. Oh, oh, was know. it the, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, I, that I one.
0: the last
1: half, and I was like, oh my god, this is really neat. yeah. That, that's actually called Liu's um, Diablo Dance Theater, or lose Dance Diablo. Uh, it's Liu's Diablo Dance Theater, I believe. And I remember researching for it for my oral communications class because I gave a speech on Chinese yo-yo. And I was like, whoa, I I knew about this. I and Now I get to see it in real life. That was really, really cool. And they really do incorporate, like, a lot of gimmicks, I wanna say. Like, gimmicks is a good thing because it entertains the crowd. There was a lot of long strings and throwing really, really, really far.
0: Like, way across from the back of the audience, yeah. coming the stage and they caught
1: it? All the way from the back. Yeah. And there was clownfish. So let's talk about boundaries. boundaries. Okay. So, when I first learned about boundaries, it was actually from an Ana video. Um, I'm not sure if you know who she is. She's a YouTuber, um, and she's been doing a lot of acting on the side. She was actually in the end scene for Ant-Man, which, which was really cool, seeing her on the big screen like that, even if for, like, a shorter period of time, because she, she has a lot of good advice in her YouTube videos. So if you want to check out, like, mental health or, like, um, life lessons, you should go check her out. How
0: do you spell it?
1: A-N-N-A-A-K-A-N-A, Anna Akana, and so I came across her, one of her videos, and I was talking about boundaries, and just, like, you gotta know what you're okay with, and a lot of the times I find myself saying yes and not being okay with it, and I, like, know that saying yes here would make me not happy, (laughs) so I learned to say no, starting with Um, my siblings and my family, like, if I really, like, just disagree with something, I would say no, I guess, like, it wasn't, like, housework or anything, I, you gotta do your housework, housework makes a good person, (laughs) um, I can't really come up with an example off the top of my head, but, a lot of people learn about boundaries later in life, but I think at 20, I'm pretty good with it because of Anna Recona's videos. And there's just so much more information on the internet now, and it's much more widespread, and um, people are more aware of it. So even if you don't like, specifically see or research it, maybe your friend did, and then they're talking about it or something. So I think the internet has helped a lot for mental health. And of course it does damage in the sense that like social media. Social media and fear of missing out. You see your friends doing like fun things. You want to be doing it with them or maybe they are the group that you usually hang with and then all of a sudden they're doing fun things without you and damn, that, that's that's kind of sad. So
0: let's do advice. Advice to I guess parents or kids who are around your age. I like the boundary
1: thing is like a good one. I, I really don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't think advice is applicable to everyone. So it's hard for me to come up with something. In general, if you feel alone, just I found that looking at <clears throat> resources online has helped because it, puts a name to something you might be feeling. And so like, I don't really, uh, so this semester has been kind of rough, honestly. And I didn't know what to put a name to something that happened, which was I was looking for my earbuds before class one day, and I just couldn't find it. Something simple as that. And I walked out the door thinking, yeah, you know what, it's fine. I'll just go through the day without my earbuds. But I was like, no, it it has to be in my apartment somewhere. Like, I didn't leave it anywhere else. So I went back and looked for it. At this point, I already missed the bus to class. I was planning to, like, jog or run or whatever. But I I just couldn't find it for another 10 minutes. And I just sat down in the common area, kind of frozen and unable to do anything I was like this is really stupid why can't I like move right now <laughs> and like I, I realized wait is this is this what a panic attack is <laughs> and it sucked so I took the day off I messaged my professors and they were very understanding of it thank goodness but they referred me to like um, mental health services and I looked later online I was like huh yeah <laughs> that's what it was so, I think putting a name to it and labeling it helps because it helps you to um, counteract it and learn the ways to um, understand yourself better. So, looking online definitely helps. And there's a lot of online forums that you could take part in that could be helpful as well.
0: How did you know it was a panic attack? To, how did you know to look it up?
1: Um, I have friends who have similar experiences so I had an idea of what it was so that's how I was able to kind of track it down and on honestly if you just look up like what is it called when you can't you're like immobilized and can't do anything and it'll one search leads to another and I'm sure you'd be able to find stuff like that information's out there if you get specific enough you'll be able to find it yeah
0: thanks for sharing that are you okay
2: with me
1: putting that out? Mhm. It really could be from anything. Like anything as small as that.
0: Did you feel like super de-energized after that?
1: Oh yeah, I was laying on my bed <laughs> the whole day. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah,
0: it sounds really scary.
1: Yeah, it's almost like you're get you get tired after crying except it's not crying. You were just like there. Well, for me it wasn't crying. Some some people have crying involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. This song's called Real Friends by Camila Cabello. It, I played it a lot senior year. Lots of things happened, and I just vibed with it. But maybe now not as much, because it's, it's gotten a lot better. I've met good people in college.
2: and the O oh finds No I'm no stranger to surprise so, um, na, 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 many times why do I even try? Give me a reason why I thought that I could trust you never mind while switching sides. Where do I draw the line? I guess I'm too naive to read the signs I'm just looking for some real friends All they ever do is let me down Every time I let somebody in Then I find out what they're all about I'm just looking for some real friends Wonder where they all hiding now I'm just looking for some real friends Gotta get up out of this town Let's fall in love for the night And forget in the morning Play me a song that you like You can bet on every line I'm a boy that you're born that you're that noise I know better Than to call you mine You need to pick me up I'll be then 25 I like to push my luck So take my hand, let's take a drive I've been living in the future Hoping I might see you soon Right, a shotgun I knew when I got one right. Let's fall in love for the night and forget making money, but we're saving it, cause talking shit is cheap and we talk a lot of it. You won't stay with me, I know, but you can't have your way with me till you go, and before you kiss us I'll know every line I'm a boy, that's your boy Hope that you would avoid Don't waste your eyes on jealous guys
1: fall in love for the night it's by phineas spelled f-i-n-n-e-a-s yeah it's a very poppy song but if you actually listen to the lyrics it's very boy.
0: what <clears throat> are all the kids listening to these days
1: i have no idea i feel like everyone has their own music taste at this point um of course you have pop and then maybe you're Emo music, whatever. That's I
0: listened to in high school and college.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I listened to so much Sleeping With Sirens in sophomore year of high school. It was just a whole phase. And my mom was like, turn that off. Why are they screaming? Um, (laughs) And so right now I listen to mostly pop, EDM, uh, Chinese pop, K-pop, lots of pop. But I'm also getting into hip-hop and R&B which seems to be a growing genre in, like, my age people. It's, like, something that we want to get into, but maybe not necessarily it's, like, full out, oh, my God, this is all I listen to. Um, I guess I'm going to assume, like, high schoolers and middle schoolers would just listen to pop because they want to fit in, so.
0: What are some Taiwanese, Chinese pop, song, pop stars that are in vogue right now?
1: I listen to a lot of old stuff. So I still listen to Zhou Jie Lun and uh, Wang Li Hong. And I listen to Mayday. Mayday has a lot of good stuff. I love Mayday.
0: <laughs> cool. Uh, any last words?
1: No. <laughs> Thank
0: you so much for doing this with me. It's so fun.
1: No problem.
0: Do you have, like, a way for people to follow you?
1: My Instagram is its.lintentional. I-T-S dot L I n t e n t i a l wait t i don't know how to spell it's (laughs) dot lintentional so put lin in front of intentional and like combine the two lintentional okay here
0: we
1: go okay i t s dot l i n t e n t i o n a l
0: if you guys stick around, there's more from Thomas on guitar and euphonium at the end of this blurb. Please continue to take care of yourselves in the COVID-19 pandemic. And wash your hands. Have a great day. And that's it for today. If you like what you heard, please send me a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at twdiaspora, or shoot me an email. It's hello at TaiwaneseDiaspora.com. And if you or other people, you know, have stories that they'd like to share on this podcast, please send them my way as well. All right. See you next time. obviously warming up is really important for anything you do whether it's playing an instrument or playing a sport so here's a little behind the scenes with thomas warming up on euphonium with the metronome